The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Hey guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I am your very bruised and battered host, Summer Helene. I have been running around like a crazy person. I was on a great show uh, yesterday with um, it, it's this it's this Sarah Mandy uh, Midori. It's the Midori, Sarah and Midori show, the Midori and Sarah show. Yesterday, I'm absolutely in love with it. It's wonderful. Unfortunately, between that time and today. I decided it would be wonderful to get into an accident. So I am your very drugged host for the day, sometimes known as a Hollywood bad guy. Today, I'm not going to have much of a filter, so God help us all. It should be an interesting, interesting show today. We have Paul, who you'll love, and we have a very... Hi, Paul. Welcome to the show. We have a very, very special guest today. Uh, His name's Warren Eckstein. Eckstein? Eckstein? Eckstein's great. Eckstein's great. See, I got it right. I got it right in one of my, <clears throat> in, in, in one moment. Uh, he's been on with Regis and uh, Kathy Lee. Was it Regis and Kathy Lee or Regis and Kelly? I did Regis and Kathy Lee for 15 years and then went over to the Today Show for another 10. Oh, fantastic. So he's been hanging around Hollywood forever and he is a pet psychologist. Not to be confused, before the show, my assistant and I were having a very large argument because she said he was a pet psychic. Great job, Alexis. <laughs> my sister in the background she's not, you said pet psychic, I'm holding you to it. Paul's looking at your bio going, he's not a pet psychic. And I'm like, Alexis said he was a pet psychic. So going back... <laughs> <laughs> so I've got my assistant in the background having a squawk. Welcome to the show. This is a very unconventional show. Usually we have Alexis piping in from the peanut gallery. We have some amazing giveaways today. We're getting ready to gear up for Comic-Con Palm Springs. So we're going to have the gents on from there eventually again, and we will eventually give away some tickets to Comic-Con Palm Springs. And if you get a chance, stay at the Aloft Hotel where I stayed when we went and did Phoenix Comic-Con. I do a lot of Comic-Cons. Starting to realize this. Paul, you're going to have to come out for a Palm Springs Comic-Con. You too, Warren. I have a nephew that's at all these Comic-Cons. He was in a show called Smallville. He played Lex Luthor, Michael Rosenbaum. So he goes to all these Comic-Cons. I've yet to be to one, but I've got to come out. You've got to come out to this one. And after the show, we'll talk about this. Let's see if we can get him out to this Comic-Con. That'd be great. Mm. Now, you're a pet. You're not a pet psychic, Alexis. You are a you pet are. psychologist. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, I've been in the field of pet behavior. I trained in Southeast Asia and Europe for many years. And I guess the reason I, I do a lot of media is because so many of my clients were celebrities, you know, people like Rodney Dangerfield and Al Pacino and David Letterman. And it's a whole different ball game. And, and a lot of my clients were big mobsters, John Gotti, Carlo Gambino. So I had a whole mix of clients over the years. And it's really interesting that how you get inside of a person by the way they react with their dogs and cats at home. What do you mean? How, how so? Oh, I suppose you would get a closer relationship with them just because you're seeing them at the most intimate. Yeah, take, take Letterman, for example. I love Dave. I was training his two dogs, Bob and Stan, several years ago. And quite honestly, if the dog had a space between his teeth, he'd be doing the show because he was much funnier than David would ever be. So really, you can judge a person by the way their dog behaves. And I've been doing that for years, over 40,000 different animals, and especially celebrities, because I think sometimes the only time they can really be themselves is with their dog or cat, because their dog and cat's not calling uh, uh, um, any, any shows and giving them info. Well, let me ask you, I adopted a few back, years back, I adopted two children and my grandmother passed and I ended up with my grandmother's cat and he's now 19, meaner than a cut snake and um, he sort of adopted my daughter. Now, I'd had her for probably six months and I came in the room and I said, honey, it's time to get up for school and she said, I can't. Pierre is on me. So this cat's laying on a chest. And I said, well, just pick him up and move him and put him on the end of the bed and get dressed. And she picks him up and moves him. He climbs straight back up, swats her in the face repeatedly. No claws, just swats her until she lays back down. Then he lays down on a chest, curls up on her and goes to sleep. Is that it's normal cat? Yeah, he could have just been startled at that point. You know, that's, they have such little defenses at that point. So sometimes when they wake up, it's kind of like this. Let me give you an example. I got a call a couple of weeks ago, and the woman told me, whenever, Warren, whenever I'm with my cat and I rub his belly, he turns around and he bites me. And no one could figure out why. And I had to explain to her that she was actually sexually stimulating her cat. See, when a male cat is breeding with a female cat, their belly is rubbing on top of the female. And when they're in the process, they bite the back of the neck. So very often when you're, you're rubbing the belly of a male cat, that's where their mind goes, and all of a sudden they'll turn around and bite. So that's the kind of stuff that I need to know and, and help people out in terms of resolving their, their behavior issues with their dogs and cats. I think I may have just been sexually assaulting my poor cat for years. <laughs> I, I, uh, my, 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 I assault mine on a regular basis, I guess. He actually likes yeah. his belly I'm, I'm, you know, I'm animals, animals are just a reflection of the people. They really are. You know, I get calls all the time on my show, and people say to me, you know, Warren, I'm a little concerned about my male dog because he humps other male dogs at the doggy park. Does that mean my dog is gay? And my response has always been, so what if he is? But the bottom line is when one dog mounts another dog, it's simply a sign of domination. It's simply a sign of I'm in charge. So when a dog mounts someone's leg, I always say to them, please, you know, you may not like it, but don't feel flattered. He's not finding your leg that attractive. He's just trying to tell you that he or she is the boss. Okay. And then I have another one. This old mean cat that I'm talking about that, that, uh, that makes, well, he still does it. Every time she tries to get up, he swats her till she lays back down. And then he lays on her and I have to go in, get him up so she can get up. But it sounds to me like he's swatting with his claws in, though, so it's more kind of like a, a, a maternal, paternal type of reaction than it is an aggressive reaction. He's just, he swats her till she lays back down. Yeah, sure, exactly. Okay. It's kind of like um, mom rocking the baby. Okay, so it was kind of that every time I try and get her up, he tries to put her back to bed. Hey, who's winning? The cat. There you go. 
<laughs> All right. So we had we I'm were in Arizona, we were in Arizona for a while, and we had a mountain lion come up to the window, into our front yard, and the mountain lion um, was was walking around, and this same old cat. He's this. Red Point purebred Himalayan. He's like I said, he's nineteen now. He attacked the window where the mountain lion was, and then proceeded to piddle all along the windowsill and hiss. Yeah, well, that's a, a ter- I have a home in Sedona, Arizona, so I see these cats every that, once in a while. I was in Sedona, Arizona. That's exactly where I was. I was. Yeah, right I see these mountain back. lions occasionally when I go walking up there. But you know, a lot. Another thing that people don't understand is, is why cats will mark. And, and they'll mark as a this is my territory. You know, they can't put a sign outside that says, you know, my property, stay off, no peddlers allowed. So when they see something that they feel threatening to them, their way of reacting is simply is simply just marking it by ping. I always suggest that that if people could do what dogs do. If something really bothers them, just pee on it and walk away. There'd be no wars. No one would hate each other. Everyone would get along. I think that's true. If you can't eat it, hump it or pee on it, leave it alone. There well, you go. And, and, that's, and that's a very good idea. My Probably why my car has never been broken into in the last 10 years. <laughs> I've, I've got to say, though, my, my cat's seven pounds. This was a full-grown mountain lion. Uh, if, if you have a home in Sedona, I was at, right at the base of Thunder Mountain. Uh, we abutted the National Forest there. Yeah, I'm right in that chapel area, so I, I know that area you are very well at all okay. Not a bad place to be, by the way. No, it's wonderful. I miss Sedona like crazy. I'm going to go up there. I have a friend of mine who owns uh, the Sedona Rest Float Spa. Great place to go. If you get a chance, go there. I'll, I'll set up for you to go have hey, a free just, float. That just recently opened up, though. That's, that's kind of new, right? It, it is. Um, it's Sedona Rest Float Spa. It works beautifully. I, I called. I thought it was just more Sedona hippie stuff. Don't, don't tell anyone there I said that. I'm kidding. <laughs> Half my listeners are from there. But... Um, the Sedona Rest Float Spa is—it's great. I'll set you up with a free float. You will what love do you think it. Of it's this owned logo? by. I was going to have this printed on a T-shirt. What do you think of this logo? When God built the Grand Canyon, He slept in Sedona. Oh hell yes! <laughs> oh hell yes! I did. I did a TV show up in Sedona. Um, we work with the Red Rock Jeep Company, John Bradshaw, and all of them. I actually, while I was there filming, was coaching cheerleading for the Red Rock Youth Football for like all the little kids. Um, I was friends with the old mayor. Who had golden retrievers, I believe. Rob Adams, uh, yeah. Rob Adams. It's, I mean, it's a great, great place. Um, do you know, uh, like Kim, a friend of mine, Kim, and I have a fr- another friend of mine, uh, Ray Nichols, they're doing actually a TV show about her life. Those ladies were very, very into the animal rescue out there. We did uh, PSAs for the hu- Sedona Humane Society and all of that. So- yeah, I actually sat on the board for the Humane, uh, Sedona Humane Society. Actually, I'm going back up there. I have a home there, right, right in the chapel area. I'm going back up there in July and um, I'm going to be, one of the things I'm going to be doing is they, they just started in the Verde Valley. They just put together a war dog monument. And being that's my background, um, I'm actually bringing a dog up there that I worked with that was actually, actually the movie Max that was out a few months ago about the war mm-hmm. dog was based on the dog I'm bringing. This dog was in Afghanistan. He was shot in the ear. He had part of his ear blown off by a, a, a bomb. And now he's a therapy dog. So it's a great area. So we're going to go up there and we're going to do a, a, great, a great memorial opening for this brand new uh, Brody Valley Veterans Park. 
Well, when you're up there, give everyone my love. I'm going to come back up. And at the end of the show, I'm going to set you up with the Sedona float spa for a free float. Cause that ah, is super. absolutely incredible. Like I, I, like I said, I wasn't always into the Sedona hippie stuff, but they've, they've made a believer of me. Yeah. They're, um, they're very interesting people in Sedona. They, they definitely are. I know, uh, like I said, I know the people that own some of the restaurants up there and quite a few of the businesses. I worked with them when we were doing this TV show, and it is just incredible. I'm going to ask you, uh, you have, I know we've only got a few minutes till break, two minutes in fact. Um, I'm going to ask you, working with animals, what, what got you into this? Were you originally a veterinarian, a psychologist? Did it just no, turn was, out that was- you were like a, a puppy whisperer? No, I was really a shy kid, and I didn't really get along well with other people. And behind my home, there was this little creek with, like, muskrats and rats and, and God knows, baby ducks. So I always brought them into the house. It was great, by the way, growing up. You lost up me at rats. No, no one would go into my room. I had snakes. I had rats. I had guinea pigs. My room, no one would go into. So that's kind of how I started. And I worked with all the veterinary hospitals. And then I spent a lot of years in the military where I had the opportunity of training dogs uh, in, in, in Europe, in Italy, in Germany, in Southeast Asia. And then I came back to America and I said to my parents, you know, I'm going to be America's first pet psychologist. And they tried to get me into therapy quick. And, and here I am 30 <laughs> years later. <laughs> the, the, the day my mom passed away a couple of years ago and a friend would watch me on TV or listen to my radio show. But till the day she died, she would say to me, Warren, what is it you do for a living? She never quite got it. You know what? She obviously loved you. That's all that That's matters. That's what counts. And she loved animals. So her love for animals has, has gone from genetically her to me, and, and, and I passed it to some members of my family, and I guess that's a good, a good legacy. I think that's a beautiful legacy. One thing about animals, and I don't think people realize this, uh, they are they're so incredible, especially when you're looking at your pets. You have your job, you have your life, you have your friends, you have your family. They just have you. So people really do need to take care of them. We're going to go to break. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with Paul Michael Bolin. And, mate, I'm not even going to try and pronounce uh, your last name again. We've got Warren. Warren. Warren's good. It's Warren Eckstein. Eckstein. I keep wanting to call you Eckstein. I'm not getting it right. I'm sorry. It's, it's you know, I'm, I'm, I think it's my mum coming out in me. I just want to, I want to go the wrong way with it. So, we'll be right back after this. I'm Summer Helene. This is Behind the Scenes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor, 
Deb tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day guys, I'm Summer Helene, this is Behind the Scenes. We are on with the Petmaster Warren and Paul Michael Bolan and we are talking just a little bit about what makes your animals tick. I was talking before the break about the love of my life. Um, he's survived marriages, career changes, he's moved from one end of this country to the other and about eight months ago I actually lost my little mate but he's cremated sitting on my dressing table and it says in my will that I want to be buried with him. And, you know, they so, just passed some recent laws that, that are allowing uh, people to be buried with their pets at Pet Cemetery. So I think that's, that, I think that's great because they're part of the family. Why shouldn't they be buried with us? Why the, uh, exactly. Why is that even a thing? Because, that, yeah. I, you know, people are very funny about that. Um, I was telling you guys uh, something that happened during the break. I broke my kitty cat's tail. Um, by accident got caught in a sliding glass door. So I'm, I'm not going to tell you how much money, but between some of the accidents my cat had in his lifetime, you know, we call him the $50,000 kitty. You have the $100 million man. My cat was the $50,000 kitty. Just to Those keep inflation him dollars? Nope, that's, that's what I paid <laughs> over, over the 15 years of his life just to, you know, with, with medical stuff because he had uh, breathing problems and he had all of these things. But when I broke his tail, the woman told me, she said, he's old anyway. He was about 12 at the time. That's and she said, just, just put him, well, it is, he was a purebred uh, Himalayan. He already had kidney problems. He'd already had surgeries. And uh, they didn't expect him to live much longer than that. He actually made it to about 16. So I was, I was quite pleased, 16, 17. My current cat, um, the other kitty I have is 19, which was my grandmother's. But um, the lady told me that I'd be better off just putting him down and getting a new cat. It would be cheaper. And, you know, that was the point that I ceased acting like a lady. And I pointed out to her that he has given me the best years of his life. I'm certainly not going to abandon him when he's sick. Because every time I ever cried, every time I ever hurt, every time I was ever sick, he was right there. He didn't have a friend to go to. He only had me. And you know, it's interesting that you said that, Summer, because I recently did a, something on my podcast. It was kind of, uh, it was single dating for pet owners. 
And very often, it's very difficult for someone to, when they're dating, if they're really in love with their dogs or their cat, to find someone that has that same feeling that's as eccentric as maybe they are. And it was amazing to me how many people I spoke to that had a relationship, and the relationship ended based on the fact that, to them, their dog was part of the family. To the other person, it was just a family dog and a family cat. So the way we look at our pets, even the way we name our pets, nowadays, they're poor. I would go into debt. I would sell my house in a moment if I needed the finances to to save one of my pets. I can tell you my cat was on prescription food when I was about 18. It was just him and I. He was on um, CD. He had kidney issues from day one. Uh, He was on CD. He was on this prescription food, which is, if anyone's ever bought it, it's $40 a bag. Um, I skipped meals to make sure he got his food. I didn't eat. Granted, I was modeling at the time, so it really didn't matter if I ate. Okay, so that kind of worked out. It it probably benefited me at the time, but um, to this day, I would do that. And I I have had relationships. I had one guy come in. He came into my house, and he pushed my cat off the couch. The last last time he ever saw you, right? Uh, no, I immediately threw him out the door. But then my brother, who my brother uh, is a fine arts auctioneer, deals in fine jewelry. Uh, he owns a company. He's the Aussie auctioneer. He does all of my jewelry. And I mean, I wear amazing jewelry for the red carpets and things. When he was about 17, he was a kickboxer. He was LA champion kickboxer. A friend of his, this little dog came up. It was a little corgi that was lost came running up to them and his friend kicked the dog. So my brother picked up the dog, threw his friend on the ground and kicked his friend in the ribs and asked him if he liked it. <laughs> That's such a great story. You know, it's, I'm, I'm so involved with animals. The other day, I live in Santa Monica, California, okay? And the other day, I'm walking down the street in Santa Monica and here's this guy walking this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Cocker Spaniel mix. And the dog is lifting his leg and peeing on a telephone pole. And the guy is dragging the dog away. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And the only thing that went through my mind is, man, would I love to be standing behind this man when he was peeing at a urinal, saying, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And I I actually said something. I said, you know, when you take your dog for a walk, remember this. It's not your walk. It's your dog's walk. Let him pee. And I walked away. God knows what he might have thought of me. You know, but you're right. I mean, how would you like it? Somebody trying to push you off the potty. Exactly. And, but people don't realize that, you know, and, and lots of times we don't think about that. But really, think about this. The dog spends most of his day in the house. There's only so much general hospital you can watch on TV. So when you take your dog for a walk in the evening, let him enjoy it. Let him sniff. You know, people say to me, how do I stop my dog from sniffing the butts of other dogs? It's embarrassing. And I explain to them, when a dog sniffs the butt of another dog, that's like Google. That's the Internet for your dog. Your dog is surfing the web at that point, getting all the information he needs. So I think sometimes people just don't understand why their dogs do certain things and, and get angry at them for no reason. Yeah, do we want to stop people from shaking hands? I mean, come on. There you go. I, well, I, I think that people make a very different distinction, and there's something, I always look at it like this. In England, there is the National Society for the Defense of Children and the Royal Society for the Defense of Animals. The only thing that's considered in Europe and Australia worse than a pedophile is somebody who's into dog fighting. It's a serious, serious offense. And I can tell you, um, Michael Vick contacted us when we were doing this show in Sedona and contacted my assistant and said, 
or contacted us and basically said, look, we're trying to rebuild our reputation. We need some positive exposure. Can he get a spot on the show? And when Alexis was done laughing, she said, yeah, I'll talk to my boss about it. When she was done laughing, Lex, how would you describe that? He was out of his goddamn mind. I, I just don't know how to say it. Other than that, why would we get him on the show? This is a family-friendly show written by Deb Ross, the creator of Darkwing Duck, Land Before Time. Is he out of his mind? That was much more polite than you said at the time. Do you remember what you said at the time? Do you, do you remember what you said? I think she, at the time, her exact wording, she called him uh, an effing D-bag or something. <laughs> Mute yourself, I'm hearing back. But yeah, she, she goes off and the language was absolutely incredible. And I'm so glad you guys didn't have him on. You know, he said it was a, a slip in judgment. You know, parking your car in a handicapped spot is a slip of judgment. Killing hundreds of dogs is no slip of judgment. It's just absolute cruelty. Well, if you ever saw that guy play football, that guy wasn't exactly a metal giant. You know, it's, it's what, it's, that's a lack of empathy and a lack of compassion. If you can look at the suffering of another human being, if you can look at the suffering of another animal, they say the first sign of a serial killer is what they do to an animal. And we've had, I've talked with forensic experts that have said this. It, when you have somebody that is going to be a serial killer, it's something that's already come out with that son of a bitch that did that in Orlando, and right now, you know, my, my heart goes out to everyone in Orlando. This is just fucking tragic. But did the first see, thing... Did you see how the, the, the dogs, they brought the comfort dogs to, to help some of the people down in, yes. in, in Orlando? Yeah, it is. What an amazing, what a, what, what a horrendous situation. You know, sometimes I wake up and I watch the news nowadays, and, and I'm a little older than you two, and I look at the news and I say, God, I wish we could go backwards instead of forwards. I think in many ways, going backwards would be wonderful, except for the civil rights issues, the gay issues, the women's issues, all, all, all of the social yeah, issues we need to keep yeah. going forward. But I think in our, I think we've lost empathy in a way. And I think it began, I think it began with animals. I really, really do. When you see a serial killer, like they always say, it started, the first thing they started killing was animals. Yeah, every one of them. Jeffrey Dahmer, the Boston Strangler, uh, uh, even Charles Manson, they all started out when they were younger killing animals and, and then graduated to killing people. So you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. In fact, veterinarians just got a, a notice from the Veterinary Medical Association saying that if they notice abuse taking place on a dog, where there's a child perhaps in the family, that they really need to, to get involved at that point. And that's, that's a really big one. Like I said, I, I adopted two children, and when I first got them, I wouldn't let them alone with the animals. I wouldn't let them alone with the pets. It's nothing against them. I wanted to see what, because they were both sufferers of abuse, I wanted to make sure it didn't come out that way. And in both cases, the animals, I think, saved the children more than any adult or any person could have. Yeah, it's, you know, there's an old saying among rescuers that when you rescue an animal, you're actually saving three lives. You're saving the life of the dog or cat you rescued, which opens up the, the kennel for another one. And then when you bring that dog or cat back to your home, that dog or cat generally winds up saving your life. So basically three lives are saved. I believe when you adopt a, or save a dog's life or pick up a stray dog off the street or a cat off the street, they know you, they say that you saved their lives. And, and I honestly believe this, and I'm not psychic at all, that they pay you back every day for the rest of their lives. 
I think any animal that's in your home does more for you than you could ever do for them. I hear people say, you know, I'm, I, I hate to say this, I'm terribly allergic to cats <laughs> and I've always had cats, terribly allergic to cats. Um, but I couldn't imagine not having a cat in my home. I couldn't imagine not having a dog because my daughter was so severely abused um, when I adopted her. She had actually been left outside under the porch with dogs. Wow. And if not for these dogs, these dogs curled up around her and kept her warm. She would have died. She was one of the worst cases of child abuse to come out of Mississippi. But she was curled up around these dogs the, the, the pack actually took care of her. She was starving. She was neglected. She was abused. But this pack kept her warm while she slept under this porch. And, you know, we're not allowed to have a dog in the house. Our psychologist says it takes her to a bad place. Um, so it'll be a few years before we can have, have a dog. But um, she's so attached to the cats and everything that happens, if her cat so much sneezes, she's in the other room checking on him. And so I think that animals have, like I said, have a deeper level of empathy because if not for these dogs, you're talking about the deep south, the middle of winter, a child at three and four years old sleeping under a porch. It was these dogs that kept her alive. Hmm. But how is the but dogs bring her to a bad place though? Um, because there was physical abuse, mental abuse, and sexual abuse going on at the time. Oh, yeah, she yeah, displays yeah. very heavy, like heavy canine behavior when we got her. So we had to keep her away to try and get some of those behaviors out of her. Oh, fair enough. How does she react with the cat? Other than that, they're just really close at this point. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Which worries me because the cat's nineteen. Yeah. So we're looking right now for another kitten to bring in the house because I never want to teach her something happened to your cat, so we're going to get another cat. I want to get a cat now because I never want her to think that they're replaceable. And that's what, a what big a great, mistake. What a, great, what a great way to put that. that what a, I'm going to use that. You don't mind if I steal that from you, do oh, you? please do. I never want her to think they're replaceable, so I'd like a kitten in the home before. Um, something happens because, like I said, my grandmother's cat adopted her. We have about one minute till break. Um, sorry for sharing such a heavy story, guys. <laughs> we'll get into the light side and the fun side, and I'll take some of these writing questions as soon as we get back. We are talking. I'm going to call you. Now I'm going to just call you Warren the Animal Master. That's fine with me. Okay, we are on with Warren the I've Animal Master. I've been called Master. a lot worse. I've been called a lot worse. <laughs> Me too, on a regular basis. <laughs> Paul Michael Boland. We will be back right after this. I'm Summer Helene, and this is Behind the Scenes. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. 
Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Hey guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. We are talking to Warren the Animal Master. We are talking to Paul Michael Bolin and it's me, Summer Helene. Um, I said I wasn't going to address this, but I'm going to address this. I'm not even going to have you address this, Warren. To the guy that wrote in and said, um, uh, basically, dog fighting is natural. It's just what dogs do. You're an asshole. It is not what dogs do. Fuck off. I'm sorry, we don't have an age limit. I don't have language restrictions on my show. That's all I can say. You're a horrible for that person. Guy. Who the hell is that guy? And I am forwarding your information to the ASPCA and the police because of this email. I don't trust you. Next question. <laughs> I, no, I really am. I'm sorry. You sent Good. me something like that. I'm forwarding it to the police. That's the end of that. Yeah, okay. that's the proper response. I have a question from Christopher. When an older person gets an animal, is it cruel? The person themselves will die during the dog's backslash cat's lifetime. Is it a bad idea for them to get an animal? No, and let me tell you why it's not. First of all, I am a big fan of setting up a living trust for any member of the family, including our pets. I have one for my own pets. And what often happens is the older dogs and the older cats can never find homes at the shelter. So if you have someone maybe in their 70s or even their 80s and they're adopting a 10 or 12 or 13-year-old dog or cat from a shelter, it's a perfect match. They can complain about the same arthritis 
and the same food that they eat. But as long as they make a trust so that there is someone around to take care of the pet uh, when they cross the Rainbow Bridge. I've made that. And I think many, many pet guardians now really do have these pet trusts set up where if something were to happen. But I think seniors having older pets and adopting older pets is fine as long as they prepare for the inevitable. So if they adopt a kitten or a puppy, there's that's... Uh, how is that? First of all, you know, senior citizens generally don't have the patience for a puppy or a kitten, or they might even want to foster. You know, that's one of the biggest mistakes and biggest problems people have is, is finding foster homes. So there may be seniors out there that can't really or don't have the time or the ability to take care of a dog 24-7 for years, but maybe they can foster pets until they find the permanent home they deserve, which is an amazing thing to do. Uh, I have so many friends that do foster. It's not for everyone, but again, for those seniors that can't foster, adopting the older pet is fine. Again, provided they make sure it has a home when you move on. Okay. Michael in Newport Beach, California asks, is it cruel to dye the fur of dogs? My wife just had our dog dyed to look like a panda. Yeah, I think that's cruel. Divorce. That's the divorce right there. I mean, <laughs> really. Is it, is it cruel you or is it just lo- First of all, you don't love the outside of a dog or cat. You love the inside of a dog or cat. So, in other words, if you're doing it, who are you doing it for? You're not dyeing the dog a different color for the dog's sake. He could care less. He'd be happy if he was green. You're doing it for yourself. I think, that's, I think it's a bit ridiculous, um, and I don't think it should be done. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, and it's just weird. And it's embarrassing. Come on. Imagine that, walking down the street with a dog that was, was perfectly brown and tan one day, and all of a sudden he looks like a zebra or a panther or whatever, and the other dogs in the neighborhood are, are sticking their tongue out and flipping the dog off as he walks by. Come on. Yeah, I know, but we both live in L.A., so we know that this, just, this is just <laughs> weird out here in general. Yeah, there are some strange-looking dogs and cats in L.A. From Anonymous... Do you think animals have souls? This isn't a religious show. Of course animals have souls. They have the same cognitive ability. If there is a soul, if there is that life inside a person, an animal or creature, of course they have it. You're an idiot. This is the wrong kind of show. Email someone else. Uh, but Next think question. About this. When God flooded, when God flooded the, the earth, when he flooded the world, he built an ark for not people. He built an ark to save the animals. So therefore they have souls. Oh, I like that answer better. Okay, you're not an idiot. Let's go with what he said. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Can I, ask, can I ask about my current cat issue? You're the, the one that keeps climbing on your gun rack. Yes, the one that was climbing on my gun rack. Uh, I basically adopted him off the street. But the little guy is loud. <laughs> he cries. He does this guttural thing at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Do you ever think that maybe you're boring your cat? Uh, I hope not. I try not to be. Cats are nomadic by nature. So let's say you went out and you spent 50 bucks, you bought this incredible scratching post for your cat. Your cat has no idea how much it costs. Go to the local supermarket, bring home a cardboard box. It's like the king died and went to heaven. So here's what I do with my cats. I go to the supermarket every day. Boxes are free. I'm creative. I put one box on top of the other. I make a kitty condo, a duplex. I cut a hole in it. Every box smells different. One smells like fish. One smells like lettuce. And I change the boxes every day. And that keeps the cat so mentally stimulated that by the time it comes nighttime for them to go to sleep, their nocturnal instinct changes, and they go right asleep in my bed with me. So you might want to do that. But let me give you a hint. The gun rack scares me because, heaven forbid, he knocks one of the guns over and gets hurt. 
If you want to stop that, very simple. Get a couple of pieces of double stick tape. Put the double stick tape on the gun rack. Blow up a couple of balloons. Put the balloons on the double stick tape. The first time the cat goes to jump on the gun rack, the balloon will break. It's like God corrected him. He'll have his house. You'll have your guns, and everyone will be fine. Thank you. He's only done that once. <clears throat> well, if he does it again, that scares me. So if he does it again, just make sure you follow that advice. No, no, duly noted. Okay, Weber from Chicago wants to know, is it cruel to use working animals on a farm? He's a member of PETA. And, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop it there because he's gone into his own stuff. Do you think working animals are a problem? I think it depends on the animal. You know, I've seen some animals that are working on farms and ranches. First of all, just to get the point across, I'm a vegan myself, okay, so I'm not into to eating animals. I'm just getting to the behavior of the dogs. That's my background. So the bottom line is these dogs really love to work. They enjoy what they're doing. Um, if you can find another way to keep them mentally stimulated, whether it be agility training or whatever you want to do, I'm fine with that. But dogs, some dogs need a job, especially breeds like the Border Collie, the Australian Shepherd, the Akbosh dog, and other breeds. So I don't think it's cruel at all, provided the dog's enjoying it. You know, some dogs like to chase Frisbees, and some dogs like to surf. If your dog doesn't like ch chasing Frisbees, teach him something else. As long as the dog enjoys it, I'm fine with it. There you go. My, my uncle had a dog on his farm for years. The old fella got too, way too old to work, couldn't go anymore. So my uncle picked him up, put him in the little, tra the little tractor thing they rode around in to herd the sheep, and he got to sit. It's not really a tractor. It's like this little, it's kind of like an ATV with a little uh -huh. drag bag on the back. And the dog got to sit on the ATV with him and still follow the sheep around and bark. There you go. And so the dog lived its life, and even later on in years, just like with senior citizens, it did what it wanted to do. It did. Okay. Here is our question from Alfie in Palm Springs, California. G'day, Alfie. I'm in Palm Springs, too. What? Okay. <laughs> uh, this is veiled. Let's see. Let's see here. Whoa. If dogs could vote... Who would they vote for? If cats could vote, who would they vote for and why? <laughs> we have three well, minutes to a break. I'm right curious on about one, this. I'd like to think they're all Bernie Sanders supporters. I really would. I, I'm thinking they'd go for anyone. I, I think they'd go for the Green Party, personally. <laughs> well, Trump looks more like a cat, more like a cat toy than most, so... That might be know, it's interesting Trump, that you Trump said that because like just recently I got No, he looks like an orangutan. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they actually have political dog toys now. <laughs> they do. They have dog toys like Hillary Clinton, dog toys like Bernie Sanders, dog toys like Donald Trump. They got dog toys. Who would they vote for? You know, I really think that the dogs take on the personality of the people they live with. So if you have a conservative dog, he may be more apt to be uh, uh, for one person, where if you have a more liberal dog. And by the way, 98% of our presidents had dogs in the White House or cats in the White House. We even had a jackass living in the White House, a four-legged jackass living in the White House. So we've had many uh, animals in the White okay, House. Okay, first I, I got to say, there have been a lot of jackasses in the White House, no matter what pets they've had. <laughs> but, but I learned a long time ago, I always trust a dog that doesn't like a person, and I never per trust a person that doesn't like a dog. That was That's my grandmother's rule, and I think by. it's a very good rule. Mm. 
Um, we have about two minutes till break. Then we're going to come back for our last segment. If you had to give advice, guys, I'm going to take one more question in the next segment. Then we're done with questions. But I am going to ask you, if you, what is the most important thing you think? I mean, I know this is a social show. Usually we talk about entertainment and how to get famous and all of that. But I think animals are an incredibly important thing to take care of, especially if you're somebody in the spotlight. You said it wonderfully. It's the only person you can ever be true to. The only person that you can ever be truly yourself with is your pet. What is the most important thing you think about an animal? What, if you could give people one piece of advice, what would it be? Live in the moment. There's food on the table now. There's a roof over my head at the moment. Why worry about tomorrow? Nothing I can do about yesterday. Live in the moment. That's the best thing I've learned from working with animals all these years. That's a bloody good thing. I, I they, they do, something. you know. They got food today. They're happy. They're not worried about tomorrow. They could care less about the, the election coming up. They're happy today. He's got his biscuit today, a bone in the backyard, and a hole to dig. That's all he needs. That's perfect. What do you think about the new law that says you can break windows if there's a dog in the car? Uh, if, if, I was arrested twice for that, so I think it's a great new law. <laughs> Me too. I got, you have no idea how many tickets I got for that. Yeah, I was always actually took me to jail on Long stuff. Island. They took me to jail on Long Island for breaking a window and grabbing two dogs out of a car. So I wish they had the law years ago before they <laughs> took me away. <laughs> would, have, would have saved you a couple of arrests, but you know what? There you go. God bless you. It's a good thing. Guys, we are going to go to break. Right after this, we'll be back for our very, very last segment. Thank you so much for being on. We're going to be right back with the Animal Master Warren, Paul Michael Bolin and myself, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, Summer Helene, talking about what, where and why, how to get famous, is not as important today as talking about our four-legged fuzzy friends that make life worth living. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in every week for Sex Out Loud. Host Tristan Taramino will discuss everything from sexual pleasure to sexual politics. Get an insider's perspective from leaders in the adult film industry, the LGBT community, and the sex-positive world. From kink to non-monogamy, nothing is off-limits. Plus, you can call in to join the conversation. Sex Out Loud airs every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations, live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day guys, welcome back to the show. We are on with Warren the Animal Master. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin. Uh, and I'm Summer Helene. I said before the break we take one more question. Then we're going to talk a little about uh, Warren working with the canine units in Vietnam and at September 11th and all of that. The last question I have is from my assistant, Alexis Romero, who wrote in and put her own question to the front of the pile because that's what she does. She wants to know, what do you think of people like Paris Hilton and other celebrities that carry their animals on the red carpet and use them as an accessory? I think it's absolutely ridiculous and ludicrous. There are many celebrities. For example, uh, uh, Seth MacFarlane just gave a lot of money for a cat sanctuary. If they want to spend their money, let them at least help animals out of shelters because the bottom line is what happens is when Paris Hilton goes and buys this real expensive chihuahua, all of her followers want to get chihuahuas. And if you go to any shelter in this country right now, the number one dogs are chihuahuas and pit bulls. So I think it's crazy. I would have much rather seen her adopt a dog from a shelter, and that would have made a much better statement rather than get all these dogs. And you only see them with one dog for a little while, then another dog. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a purse versus a, a living, breathing, emotional being. I think but, it's absolutely terrible. And it's um, chihuahuas and pit bulls across America? I thought it was just out here in L.A. No, it's across the country. Chihuahuas wow. and pit bulls all over the place. Those are the number one breeds. In fact, I'm doing a show on pit bulls in the not-too-distant future because they're so misunderstood. You know what? Oh. Pit bulls are wonderful, wonderful animals. I got a pit bull years and years and years ago, uh, a rescue. He was a fighting dog before we got him. And he was absolutely covered in scars and everything else, and he looked brutal. He was the sweetest thing you've ever met in your life. And I'm a big believer in there's no such thing as a violent dog, just an evil son of a bitch that raised him. Hey, so, I like a schnauzer, and you put a schnauzer in a crack house and leave it there, and it gets abused, you're going to have a vicious schnauzer. So it's not the breed, it's the moronic people that give the breed. But let's face it, gang members are not going to get a schnauzer. They want a pit bull, and if you got rid of all the pit bulls, they just find another breed to torture. And they, well, yeah, think about I had it. Before this, it was German shepherds were a problem, right. and it was uh, Doberman pinches. And I mean, people are just, people are assholes. I like animals I better. I have a weird relationship with pit bulls. I was raised in Detroit, and when I was 11 years old, I was, because uh, every other weekend, you know, which I didn't know at the time, you know, people were, I didn't realize how it was up to the owners to train them, train them right, because I'm 11, what do I know? But uh, my Boy Scout troop told me how to get a pit bull to let go of you if he's biting you. Amazing. And, and but I was 11, and the scoutmaster told me that I had to stick my finger in his butt. In a pit bull's butt. In a pit bull's butt. I was explained that one of two things was going to happen. Either it was going to emasculate the dog and it was going to run away, or the dog was going to be like, hey, 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 what the hell are you doing? And let go of you and try and bite what the hand that's doing naughty things. Well, I'm so glad I wasn't a Boy Scout. <laughs> well, they left that, that out. Is anywhere near true? 
Uh, it, it's not the word. Forty thousand animals later, my finger's never been in a dog's butt. Just so you know. <laughs> okay, good enough for me. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd I'd say that's a that's a pretty that's. I, I'm just I, I'm sorry. You, your scoutmaster torch should have raped a dog. I mean, then again, look what we've had going on with the scoutmasters. Moving on from that. It was only if the dog was like on top of you. My scoutmaster was actually a very nice guy. With a very strange sense of humor. (laughs) He said he got it from the police told him to do this. Because it was becoming a public hazard in Detroit. Amazing. Well, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I do a lot of work with CKLW up in Detroit, and there's a big pit bull problem in Detroit, a big fighting dog problem in Detroit, and, and hopefully they're finally working on it and getting rid of it. Well, anyone that's fighting a dog is an evil son of a bitch, and we need longer, harder, and more severe sentences for them. We need the guillotine is what we need. Oh, I agree with that. Um, I'm going to ask you. You, worked, uh, you. you trained dogs in Vietnam to find bodies and bombs... Correct. And, and then, yeah, and, and yeah, a long, long time ago. And we were talking about the, the ground zero, 9-11. I live in Los Angeles, and the NYPD called me up right after the attack um, and asked me if I would get there, but there were no planes flying. So I hopped in my car in Santa Monica, and 71 hours later, I was at the Brooklyn Navy Yard in New York City. And it was just, in fact, the last dog just died a couple of weeks ago, the last service dog. But what an incredible thing from my perspective. Obviously, it was devastating, and it was horrible. But the, the, the way these dogs would not give up, the first dog I worked with was a German Shepherd. He was an NYPD dog. He was there right after the attack took place, cut both of his feet wide open, went home that evening with the police officer that he lived with. They bandaged up the legs. The next day, the officer was going to work without the dog. The dog would not let the officer leave. He wanted to go back to work. They put booties on him, and he went right back and did what he had to do. Amazing animals. Amazing. I think people don't give as much credit to animals as they should. You have, I mean, you have real heroes. Some of these animals are real, real heroes. We have three minutes to break, two minutes now. I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm going to jump in on a couple of things. Um, one, ladies, stop using animals as accessories on the red carpet. It is fucking ridiculous. Two, There are so many hero animals, and I think we need to pay a little more attention to that. I know there are museums to carrier pigeons from World War I and II. Really take a look at what animals have done for us and look into the entertainment industry. We in the entertainment industry have a very sad and tragic history of the way we've treated animals, from running lemurs off cliffs to breaking horses' legs. There are rules in place now, and we work with organizations so things like this don't happen. But there is really a tragic history there, and there are so many people that fought and crusaded for these animals, and God bless them. I'm going to ask you, tell us when we can listen to your show. Uh, You can go to Podcast One, and it's The Pet Insider. Um, or you can listen, just go to my website, thepetshow.com, and it'll list all the radio stations that we're on. In Los Angeles, we're on KRLA every Saturday from 11 to 1, and then the National Canadian Show is 1 to 3 on Saturdays as well. I'm definitely going to listen in. I'm going to say thank you very, very much for being with us on Behind the Scenes. We have about one minute left. Is there anything you want to say to anyone out there listening in? Yeah, just just remember that your pets are part of the family and, you know, thank them every day. Don't be afraid to sit down and talk to them, have conversations, give them a hug and a kiss. Um, If we can just make them 
as close to happy as they make us, what a great world it would be. And remember, animals never lie. They're always honest. I'm so glad to meet you two guys. I feel like I have two new best friends. I like that. It was wonderful having you on the show. And thank you so, so, so much. And thank you for, I mean, really just giving us such a good perspective. And this is an entertainment show. Part of the reason I think this needs to be heard is the the big film industries now have regulations on how animals need to be treated. But in the indie film world, there are still some problems. So people that are listening in, please respect these cast members, respect these police officers, respect these animals that are working to make your life so much better and treat them with the dignity that they deserve and the love that they deserve. Thank you so much for joining us on Behind the Scenes. We'll be back next next week with Paul Michael Boland. I believe we're going to have who's on the show next week, Lex? Big Mike Clemens will be on the show next week. And Warren, mate, I'm definitely going to listen in on your show. Thank you so much for joining us. This has got to be one of my favorite shows I've ever done was talking to you. Thank you so, so much. I'm Summer Helene. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.